set my timer so I don't go over it. It's the recorder. So we can listen to it again and, and again and again. Oh, man. If somebody uh, could get me a cup of water, that would be really awesome. I'm putting my timer on because I do not want to go over. Um, I've, I've stood up in front of this congregation many times, told my parts of my testimony about how I came to Christ. I'm not doing that today, but I do want to uh, acknowledge somebody that is here today who knew me before I was a Christian. Um, I've told this congregation several times the reason why I am even up here today is because of people that was in my church, the Assembly of God Cross Town, saw my wife and I, knew we didn't know Jesus, and they shared love with us. They shared the gospel. They, they took us to lunch. They've, they've invited us into their homes. They've just poured out into us. And my good friend, uh, Jenny West, is sitting over there. She, she was eager to come and hear me preach. She was there uh, before I became a youth pastor. She knew me before I was a Christian. And uh, our very first youth meeting was actually a youth rally, and her and her husband, Bud, were, uh, were there. And uh, he's been gone for about four years. I was a pallbearer at his uh, funeral. True man of God, and it was because of the life that, that you and Bud lived with the rest of you is why I'm standing up here, because I wanted to be like you. So I just want to acknowledge Jenny West to let you know that sharing your faith with people that do not know Jesus it works because I was a really bad dude. Um, do we have uh, the Lord's Prayer that we could put up there? Do we still have that? Is that what you guys have first on there? Yeah, I wanted to read this um, together, the Lord's Prayer. It's very, very uh, famous. But I want us to read that together. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I wanted to bring that verse up because uh, there's a lot of confusion in, in, a, in a little part of that, and I wanted to talk about that. And um, I've been really concerned. I've talked with Pastor Josh this week. I had a message all prepared until... I started revisiting a couple stories and books this last couple weeks, and I just really had to change things. Um, God's really been dealing with my heart about a lot of things inward. And so if this message is really good, it's because of God. And if it's really bad, it's because of me. Um, Because this is not the message I had planned seven days ago. But um, I've just I've been really concerned about a lot of my brothers and sisters in Christ about some of the lives we're living. And I want you to know I don't come up here as an expert in what I'm discussing. I'm coming up here as a witness um, and somebody who's concerned about my own life and things. But I've been really concerned with many believers that I come in contact with. Um, and I know this is really harsh on some of this. I told Pastor Jay reading this on paper sounds really harsh, but. I see a lot of us believers who I believe are potentially making our bed in hell. And um, now I know that a lot of the sayings, you know, who are you to judge? How do you know whether or not a person is a true Christian? How do you say that we're making our bed in hell? Well, I'm not talking about specifically our church. I'm just talking about a lot of the American uh, Christians that I see. So I get that. I hear what 
some of my brothers are, my brothers and sisters are saying, but some of the things that I hear coming out of our mouths, it just really concerns me. Take the Lord's Prayer, for example. We're really good at that first part of that prayer and that last part of that prayer. But many of us look over the middle part. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, that's sins. We forgive people's sins against us as God forgives us. I see many people get hung up on that. We're really good at explaining forgiveness. We're really good at receiving forgiveness and understanding what Jesus did for me on the cross. He died for my sins. He forgave me. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know, we're really good at that. But if some of us are being honest, you know, we're sitting up here and we, uh, we say all these holy words to God in worship and our hearts are pure and we, see, we sing things like, I surrender all. And I look at my own life and I'm like, I surrender some. You know, I don't, I don't surrender all. Not all the time. And I see it in my brothers and sisters, you know, and you're like, Daryl, what are you talking about? So I may be an elder here. I'm, I'm one of the leaders here. But I work in a secular job and I work around worldly people. I work around Christians. And, and I just I can't tell you some of the things that, that I hear that go on and some of the things that I hear with with some of our, our Christians, you know, and sometimes with the gossip and the hatred and the slander towards others, the bitterness, the harsh words. I can't tell some of the Christians from the non-Christians. So I come up here not as the pastor of a church, but as somebody who is a Christian who's in there with you. I sit in the pews with you, and I'm not, I'm not bringing accusation against anybody specifically in this church. I'm bringing it upon myself and uh, among many others. But we're making our bed in hell because we're, we're not forgiving people. We're really good at that receiving it, but we're not good at, at leaving it out. So I believe that a lot of us Christians, we're calling down condemnation into my life, into our lives, when we harbor that unforgiveness in our life. And the parable of the unforgiving servant is actually my favorite passage in all of the Bible. John 3.16 is, is amazing because that's, that's why I get to go to heaven. But this one here keeps me on the, on the straight and narrow and keeps my love of Christ strong. And it begins in Matthew 18.21. Says uh, then Jesus, or sorry, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents, which is an amazing amount of money. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife and children and all that he had, until payment had been made. So the servant fell on his knees and implored him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him this debt. And this is how a lot of us Christians are. When that same servant went out, he found his fellow servant who owed him just a little bit of money, a hundred denarii. And seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So the fellow servant fell down at him and pleaded, Have patience and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. 
And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And you could not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. So in anger, his master delivered him into the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also, listen to this, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brothers from your heart. So I'm here to say one thing because we understand like sanctification, that separation from sin. You know, as we get older in Christ, you know, we start to... um, We start to sin less. And when I was a youth pastor, I always told it to kids. You know, sin less is progress. Don't give up on yourself. But forgiveness is not a process. It's a decision. It's a tough decision. But unforgiveness and bitterness is sin, especially towards a fellow believer. We as believers, we understand that just because we're born again doesn't mean we're not going to sin. It doesn't mean we never sin. But at the same time... It doesn't give us that card that we can say that we can just sin because we have Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. We are clothed as a Christian in righteousness. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, put on Christ. Let people around you know who you are by your actions, not by your words, but by your actions. And I'm not saying don't use words, but let our actions meet up with what our words say. But in our pride, and me included, in my arrogance, I put on Christ, but only in some areas, only in some parts. You know, we tithe, right? Maybe. That's another sermon. We go to church. We go to Bible study. We pray. We give to missionaries. We give to persecuted missionaries especially. But when it comes to our own little world, we get defensive. I'm talking about Christians, us, me, us in here. We get defensive when it comes uh, down to our superficial persecution that we face. We get vengeful and, and just hatred. I can't believe, and guys, this is not me just pointing my finger at you because I am guilty of this. But I, I just can't believe how many Christians I hear talk about the hatred they have for certain people, even unbelief or even other believers. And the gossip that I hear is, is it's insane. And after the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, 14, Jesus even said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their sins, your Father is not going to forgive you. Now, I've said to this congregation many times, I'm just an amateur at this. I may have been serving Jesus since 1998, but I'm just an amateur But when I read, if I don't forgive others, God won't forgive me, I don't know what to do with that, except to think that maybe there's just a lot more phony, fake Christians than what we think. And I know that sounds really harsh, but the plain and gospel truth is if we don't forgive others, God is not going to forgive us. The only way to get to heaven is by the forgiveness of Jesus. Now, I know the Bible says, confess Jesus and you will be saved, but there's, there's... Condition to following Jesus. There's a price to pay. And a lot of us are not paying that price. We're just saying the words. So I'm not here to say whether or not you are or not a Christian. You don't even have to agree with a lot of the things I'm saying. I just want us to think about our actions and what we're doing. So 
I know a lot of people think, okay, well, now you're just being judgy. You don't even know what's in their heart. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to talk to my my church because you guys are my church. I do know what's in a lot of your hearts. I know that because of the words that come out of your mouth. You guys know what's in my heart a lot because of the words that come out of our mouth. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. And in Matthew 12, 33, he starts it and says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And this one really gets me. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So this is me. This is not Pastor Josh or this church, but this is me. Um, But I don't see the Americanized version of Christianity in the Bible. The way we're doing church. Now, I'm not saying the way this church is. I mean, I am, I am so blessed to be here. Huh? Hey. But we, we do a lot of good things here. But we're not doing what the Bible says. You know, we're not, we're not reaching people the way, the way they did in the Bible. I mean, we all get to come here and meet in a big, big building with a cross. People drive by. They know we're a church. They don't do that in a lot of countries. They're hiding in basements. Sometimes doing church in the middle of the night. I watched a message uh, from an American pastor who went to China, and he ministered to 22 Christian pastors from an underground church, and they met in a hotel. Listen to this story. And man, I, I had a lot of this story in here, but I had to narrow it down. He asked them, what will happen if we get caught here? And they said, oh, you'll get deported, and we'll go to prison for three years. And he looked at those 22 pastors and said, how many of you have been to prison for your faith? 18 people raised their hand, and yet they're still meeting in that church. It is crazy. In 2023, these Chinese Christians have to go to a different home and and go to different home meetings, show up one or two at a time over a long period of time as to not bring attention on themselves. And then they stay for hours for a Bible study, I get 30 minutes. That in America, we get 30 minutes, and everybody's ready to get out of there. They want to be there for hours. Many pastors have to do baptisms in the middle of the night as to not bring attention on themselves. We just had baptism publicly, and we're recorded. That's why I don't think that you see the Americanized church in the Bible. So what does the underground church in China have to do with forgiveness? Well, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. This is, this is Daryl. I want you to hear, hear my heart here because uh, it sounds a little bit harsh, but I'm going to be honest with what. I've, I've been serving Jesus since 99. You show me a grumpy Christian, one who doesn't live for joy, doesn't disciple anyone, dreads going to church, or maybe we go here, but we're not really, we're ready to get out of here doesn't give, they don't tithe, they don't volunteer their time to help others, and I will show you a Christian who lives in bitterness and unforgiveness. And if I had time, I would read that again, because that is so true. 
I don't know any Christian who lives in joy with no bitterness and, and, and they're, they're full of forgiveness who doesn't have all the opposite characteristics of what I just read. Most Chinese Christians live a life of forgiveness. Many have been and continuing to be imprisoned. They're beaten. They're tortured. They're killed for their faith today in 2023. They forgive their tormentors. And many prisoners and prison guards are continuing today to come to Christ because of the love and the forgiveness our brothers and sisters who are chained up and beaten are showing. So I'm going to say something a few times here. There's a price to pay for following Jesus Christ, but not in the United States. One Christian, Chinese widowed woman, spent over 20 years in the Chinese prison for her faith. She did nothing illegal that, from our stance in America. But listen to this story. It's a really sad story. At her trial, the judge brought in her 9-year-old and 11-year-old into the room. This judge told her, you can go home today and take care of your family. Isn't that what your God would want? Confess your crimes, which is preaching the gospel. And you can go home to your children. And she, in, her, in front of her children, do you want Jesus or do you want your children? So she wrote on a piece of paper that said something like, how can I give up my Jesus? Nobody can take the place of Jesus, not even my children. Sounds like a pretty profound statement. And she backed it up. The judge yelled at her kids and said, see, your mother's rejecting you. She doesn't love you. They were escorted out. She was shackled and put in prison for 24 years. When she, came, when she got out of prison, she, she located her son, who was in his upper 20s, mid, low 30s. He opened the door, saw her, and he said, I have no mother. That's a sad story. She never saw him again. There's a price to pay for following Jesus, but not in the United States of America. As I mentioned to you guys, I told Pastor Josh earlier this week that I had this message all planned out. I was going to talk about some of the things that I've done so you guys can kind of, because you guys know me and knowing how I got to where I wanted or where I am now, I wanted to show you guys some of the things that I came across with in my life and how I forgave others. And you can do it too because you're watching me. But as I said, I'm an amateur and compared to some of the stuff I've shared with you, I have no business up here talking about any of the persecution I've faced. I mean, the, the things that I, I've, I've been lied about, there's maybe have been jobs that I didn't get because I'm a Christian. That's not persecution. I live in a home. I live in freedom. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But knowing what so many are going through today in 2023, I just can't come up here. I have no testimony. I have none. They, they, have, they have the testimony that we all should be able to live for so it comes. And I pray to God that it doesn't come. But if it does, how many of us are going to be willing to stand up like the Chinese Christians? We have these Christians that are being tortured. Um, one, one such pastor, he was, he was beaten with an electric baton. And they would even shove that thing in his mouth. And then they would shove it in other parts of his body as well. And I'll let you use your imagination is what I'm talking about. Needles stuck under the, under the fingernails until he passes out. All he had to do was confess Jesus. 
he could get out of that prison that day. He's not the only one. one. And his story is told in the book, The Heavenly Man. I know some of us in here have read it. I've, I'm on my second time of reading. It's a pretty long book. I'm on my second time. But it talks about him being tortured like this and also beaten, spat on, urinated in the face by other prisoners. This pastor loved these guards and the fellow prisoners, and he never retaliated. And, and if all the things that this guy has done, this, this next little story of him just tugs in my heart, and I hope I can get through this. Because it's just the heart that this guy has for the lost. I, I have nothing to compare to that. One time when he was finishing a fast, he held this uh, piece of manto bread in his hand. It's, a, it's like a heated roll. And it was a delicacy for those in the prison. They got it very, very seldom. And he knelt down on the ground, held his hands up and gave thanks for God for this food. And another prisoner came over and swiped that out of his hand and stuck it in his shirt. Well, a prison guard saw what had happened and started beating this other prisoner, this thief. And he started having the other prisoners do the same. And instead of feeling sorry for himself, this pastor fell down and cried out in repentance to God for for causing this fellow cellmate's beating. I mean, I have no testimony of my love for Jesus to tell you guys. I mean, when you talk about stuff like that, I I have no testimony. There's a price to pay for following Christ in many countries, but not here. Back to the story of this American pastor ministering these 22 pastors in secret. They, they rode 13 hours on a bus. And when they got to this hotel, they had to go one or two at a time in an elevator. It took them a long time so they wouldn't draw attention to themselves. It's starting to look like Max now. These uh, persecuted Christians, they're expecting and desiring all-day church. They expect eight-hour meetings, at least, of nothing but open Bible and worshiping God. You know that um, as many missionaries as we send out, these persecuted Christians, they don't, they don't invite American evangelists very often to come and speak to their meetings. Because after 45 minutes, we're done. They want eight hours minimum. They do this in risk of going to prison for their faith, yet we won't go next door for hours. These persecuted Christians are so radical. Many here in America were complacent and lukewarm. The Americanized version of Christianity does not exist in the Bible. I ask you, which church is closer to the book of Acts? The church that I described from from China or the church we see here in America? Holding bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart will create distance from God and potentially land us in hell. Now, I know there's a lot of people who believe once saved, always saved. I'm not here to argue against that. But I'm saying, are you willing to bet your eternal soul of going to hell by saying, because I accepted Jesus when I was 10 or 12, and then I lived totally different for so many years, and yet Jesus is going to allow me into heaven when, when he has stated repeatedly, if you do not forgive, I will not forgive you. And the only way to Get into heaven is to receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ. So that is very strong. And um, I, know, I know a lot of people, 
Is that God? <laughs> I know a lot of people don't don't believe in a lot of these stories that we hear um, and visions about hell and heaven. I just want you guys to know, whether you do or not, doesn't mean you're a Christian or not, but I do. I strongly believe that God is speaking and showing people visions of heaven and hell to get our attention, especially here in America. And um, I'm very careful who I watch. Um, There's a very few platforms that I watch. One, and I I don't like naming names uh, publicly that are still alive because people are... People can stumble and then you look like an idiot. But one person I do like is Randy Kay. And he interviews a lot of people with near-death experiences, people who have died and gone to heaven or hell. People have had visions. And uh, one person that he had on there was uh, Lori Ditto. Where's Rachel at? Is she in here? Did you did you ever hook up with her yet? You need to. She uh, Lori Ditto is out of um, Kansas City now. And... She wrote a book about her her experience of heaven and hell called the the hell conspiracy. She thought she was a good Christian woman and did all the things a Christian does, but she had a very scary vision of hell. She felt the pain. She said she saw her bone marrow leaving her 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 bones. There is no life in heaven or in hell. She felt the water Leave her body. There is no life in hell. She said when she arrived, she knew she belonged there. There was no escape, no redo, no going back. It's eternal. And every minute, worse than the previous. She said she was in hell due to unforgiveness. She didn't realize just how bad it was. There's so much more to her story, but I don't have time. But I will tell you, forgiveness is not a process, it's a decision. One thing I want to end here, and I didn't have time, I really wanted to go further in this and how we can really live this out, but I don't want to go too long. Just because we forgive somebody, and I, I need you guys to know this, because I know there's a lot of people who are, who are harboring unforgiveness. You know, you, Daryl, you just don't know what this person did to me. I get that, but it pales in comparison to what we did to Jesus. But just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you have to let them back in your life. Okay, so we need to understand that. But at the same time, and I want you guys to hear this. I'm not trying to live like I think I know more than you, but sometimes we just need to be reminded. We need to be careful when we don't let somebody back into our life because that decision can plant seeds of bitterness and unforgiveness back into us. So... Yes, we do not have to let somebody back in our lives. If somebody did something so grievous to us, you don't have to let them back into your life. But my advice to you, and I'm just about done, is to pray for that person. But not just any prayer. Pray a blessing over that person. So let me give you just a little, little tiny example of what it's like or how to think whether or not you've really, truly forgiven somebody. If when you think of that person or you see that person, you tense up or you start thinking just those bad thoughts and and, and those things just coming back in there and you start harboring that again, there's a very strong possibility you haven't truly forgiven that person. But let me just tell you, it is freeing in us when we do this and it opens the door for God to pour out our blessings in our life. Do we have that video that's 
ready to play? I don't want to play it just yet. Do we have it? Or if we don't, that's okay. One quick story I'm going to end with, and you guys just let me know if you have it, because we don't have to play it. Um, but Corey Tin Boone, a lot of us have heard that name, Corey Tin Boone. She was, uh, she and her family were Christian, a Christian family during the time of the persecution of the Jews. And um, I've known about her, but I haven't really paid too much attention. And this is her story is when I, I threw my message out last week and I said, I, I can't even preach on my story because I, I don't even know what forgiveness is. I'm talking to you about it, um, but I'm, I'm telling you guys what other people are going through because it's way worse than I. But Corey, Corey and her sister and her brother, they, they lived in a Christian home. And this was during the persecution of the Jews. And um, I'm making a very long story really, really short. But there was, a, there was a, a pastor who would not take in a Jewish baby and because he didn't want to get persecuted. And so Corey's dad took in this baby. And these people were poor. Corey was engaged to be married. She had the love of her life, everything going good for her. And then her husband, her fiancé, ended up showing up with his new fiancé. And she, she was not good enough because of her status, her financial status. And so she decided from then on, I'm serving God. And so they started bringing in more and more persecuted Jews back into their life. And they got caught because somebody showed up at their door and, and, and lied and said, my family is going to get taken. They're going to get caught and they need a place to stay. And they're already over full. But out of compassion, she had to help. So she did. And this person lied and ended up bringing the authorities in there. And they got caught. They got arrested. They got sent to these concentration camps. They got, they got tortured. They got beaten. She got stripped naked, parading in front of the guards. Corey Tin Boom and her sister did. Her sister was beaten. In fact, her sister was, was beaten so severely and so malnourished, her sister died. Just, just weeks before they were getting out, her sister died. And then her, uh, her dad, in the beginning, he died, all because they were helping God. There's a cost to following Jesus, but not here in America. And so they're going to play this video. It's really, really um, kind of shallow and grainy, hard to hear. So if you, I want you guys to kind of lean in and just really listen. But she, she found, or the, one of the guards who tortured her, became a Christian and found her when she was speaking. And I want you guys to hear her story. It's just a couple minutes.
That's that's what I'm ending with. Um, I can't I can't give you guys my testimony because it's it's a grain of salt. If I had more time, I had a had little little clear jars of sand, a little bit bigger than the others, talking about the sin that others have done against us. You know, a little jar of sand and a five gallon jug of jug of sand, which is the sin that I have done against God. Those those little jars. That's that's nothing. So. Uh, before I call the elders up here to pray, I want to pray because uh, I know that God is tugging at some hearts today. He told me that before, um, and not to be arrogant about it, but I knew that there were some people in here who have been saved longer than I am alive who this is touching, and it is not me, it's other people's stories. So God, I thank you that you have blessed me, Lord. Thank you that other Christians saw potential in me. And I thank you that um, I am here standing in front of people because of the forgiveness you have shown towards me. And I thank you because I, I can forgive others, Lord. It has created joy in my spirit and in my heart. And Father, I praise you for it. I thank you for doing things in me that I cannot do, God, because I cannot forgive some of these people but you can, and we praise you for it, God. I just, I just, um, I, I pray right now for anybody in here who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you're just on the fence, or if you're, if you're just, just so against it, that you would change right now and say, Jesus Christ, I am sorry for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness, and I want to be able to forgive others. Like I heard today, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Um, I'm going to invite the elders to come up here. If you guys have anything that you want to pray over, we're going to be up here. I'll be up here. I'm kind of a mess right now, but I will pray for you as well. Um, So we're going to invite you up here. Thank you, guys, and thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to do this.